0: This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. And this week is going to be a little bit different than, well, what we normally do. Lotus isn't here. He's at... PAX East, he gets to go check out a bunch of awesome video games and do it up. I was considering heading up there this weekend as well, but things did not work out that way for me. Uh, I also want to apologize for missing the last two weeks. Um, This is a very rare occurrence. I don't think I've ever in the life of this podcast missed two weeks in a row. Uh, uh, Not going to go into too many details right here, but between transitioning migraine medicine uh, and also doing some back-end updates for hosting and things for the podcast services, Uh, wasn't able to do these last two weeks worth of podcasts. So I apologize for that. I, you know, it's one of those things I really try to avoid, but I very much appreciate your patience and will try not to do this ever again, hopefully. I mean, hopefully I don't have to mess with my migraine. Man, drugs are quite the thing. I don't know. If ever you are on Migraine meds like drugs that mess with the chemicals in your brain and then you try to get off of them dude (laughs) Withdrawal is a real thing. So I am feeling a lot better Thank you for all the kind wishes and things like that I'm not going to go into it too much more but those of you who have reached out on discord on uh, the the patrons um, Personal messages things like that. Thank you so much. I, I very much appreciate it, but without Lotus here this week I need something else to do because we can't go further into discussing all of the different Daedric princes without Lotus here. That was the whole point of doing them over again was in order to go a little bit deeper and bring Lotus's perspective in on some of those, because I want to hear what Lotus has to say about her scene. That was the next one we were going to do. So instead, I'm going to change it up a little bit today. I thought so. I had some thoughts. Let me know if this. Scratched idea is something that you guys would like us to revisit in the future again This was another one of those ideas that I was like it would be better if Lotus was here because Lotus is a was a wonderful co-host miss you, buddy I was perusing as I like to do different forums and things and of course reddit is Redis reddit is reddit. There's the full expanse of everybody on the internet including people who spend way too much time on the internet but there's also some very good posts as well and On Reddit, there is the Elder Scrolls subreddit, and pinned at the top is a Our Expectations or Hopes for Elder Scrolls 6. And you can, of course, group that according to, like, best or most recent, and those kinds of things. And there's actually some really interesting perspectives on there. And I was considering going through that and just taking a look at what the current perspectives of the Internet are. ...for Elder Scrolls Six, And I had a lot of thoughts on that. But I decided to hold off on that because... ...instead... ...I think this week... ...I'm going to tell you a story. A story... ...about... ...somebody who you may not have really... ...done a lot of thinking about. Somebody that... ...well, at least we've come across... ...some remains... ...of... ...in our times in traveling in Skyrim. Uh, in fact quite large number of remains well not their personal remains that would be super gross but an individual number of pieces of remains of a crown i think maybe you guys might know where i'm going with this two dozen in fact stones of Zaya that came from Zaya's crown now what exactly is the story with this some of you are probably more familiar with this than others if you've played through Skyrim you know that you can come across a lot of these gems all over the world these red gems they sit in these little boxes you find them in dungeons and castles and all sorts of places all over the place they're scattered all over Skyrim and if you come across these you can set upon a quest for the thieves guild to gather all 24 and they become very valuable if you get the entire set. But what's the history of this? Who was the queen? Who's queen Baron Zaya? What's going on with this? And how does this relate to what's going on during the current time of Skyrim? And how do these even get out into the world? There's a lot of questions here if you actually sit down and think about it for a moment. So let's dig into it a little bit. So who is Queen Berenziah? What's the deal with her? Well, we have two stories, two very differing stories about who she is. Queen Berenziah lived during the end of the Second Age, so the year 892, this was a few hundred years after the events of the Elder Scrolls Online, and this would have been before Tiber Septim, before the end of the Second Age. So this wonderful, right at the end of the Second Age time, right before all sorts of terrible things happened and the conquering of all of Tamriel. And she was Princess Berenziah, of course, to start out with when she was born. And there are a few different accounts as to what happened during her lifetime. She's a very interesting character. She was born to the rulers of Mornhold. Mornhold was originally the capital city of Morrowind. So she was royalty, born into this family. Now, during the events of the Tiber Wars, Tiber Septim decides to start marching all over Tamriel, taking all of these cities, burning things, all sorts of terrible stuff happens, especially against elves, right? Well, she's a dark elf, things don't look so good for her family, things look like they're gonna be bad, and the nobility in that specific province, and specifically her city, have to sign an armistice. And this was a little bit late for her because Mournhold was already destroyed. But she survived. She was discovered. And all of this version of the story comes from her official biography. Now, there are two books about the events of her life. This one comes from her biography. She was found in the, in the wreckage of the city. And a specific general, his name was Simakas, suggested that she could be useful one day. So she was placed in the care of a Count Sven Advinson. So General Simakas, who worked for Tiber is like, ah, she's a noble-born elf lady. She will be useful, so let's keep her around for reasons. That's my impression. Um. Anyway, and Sven, the Count, had been, I guess, a, a good, good boy to uh, good old Tiber Septim. And so he owned a fiefdom in Darkmoor in Skyrim. So thus the connection from Mournhold to Skyrim. And his family actually loved her and she acted like a very good daughter to them. She was if you've watched like Game of Thrones and those situations where you end up with these noble families who take in the children of other noble families and raise them as their own. It's like a hostage situation, kind of, where you take in the children of other families to say Like, we're going to raise these kids in our family structure to make sure that your families are still good and loyal to us because we've got your kids. It's kind of like one of those things. And the kids don't really know that that's what's going on. They just know that they're on this, like, really long summer vacation with friends of the family growing up with somebody else's kids for a while. It's kind of like that. So... When she was 16, she was, and according to the biography, tricked by the orphan stable boy who went by the name Straw into running away with him, right? So, she, young girl, she falls for the stable boy, she runs away with him, and he convinced her she was going to be sold off as a prostitute. I don't know how all of this works, but this is what the biography says, right? It it definitely sounds like mm, propaganda maybe going on disguised as a boy she flees she runs away to White Run with Straw the stable boy and they found jobs as guards in a caravan bound for Riften Ah you look like a strapping young lady boy you seem like a good guard for our caravan. Anyway, um, after some time in Riften, Straw ends up working with a Khajiiti thief, again, sounds like propaganda, named Theris, who planned to rob an Imperial Commandant's house and search for information on behalf of a traitor, whatever the details were with that. But Baron Zaya's loyalty to the Empire drove her to warn the Commandant, Symmachus who we talked about before, who she had been connected with prior, you know, previously, right? The one who had assigned her to live with Count Sven Advinson. And Symmachus was, of course, looking out for her. And she she must have known this, right? This is what was going on. And so she turns against Straw, outs him, and Symmachus, in thanks, instead of selling her off into prostitution assigns her to live with Tiber Septim for a time where she befriended him during the middle years of his reign. And she becomes a family friend. And for almost a year, she stayed there with him, right? Like this, this became one of those other amazingly good situations for her where she you know, you know oh she was a uh, this elf woman from you know she's not she's not a human but she oh look how wonderful she is and she she got along with tiber Septim even it's, it's like one of those kinds of situations right and so by the age of 18 she's returned to mournhold to take her rightful place as the sovereign of mournhold now that her her ways have been corrected by the, the men in her lives, <laughs> right? This kind of thing. And later on, guess who shows up? But Symmachus again and becomes her husband in a ceremony officiated by none other than Emperor Tiber Septim. Hmm. Hmm. Funny how that works out, right? So a few hundred years go by. And I'm realizing this right now. I didn't describe Symmachus earlier specifically. He He's not a, a man. He's not like a Nord or a Breton or anybody. He's also a dark elf. So he's now survived for a few hundred years. It made sense that he was the one that was married off to her because he was also a dark elf who was in service to Tiber Septim. So it made that connection made sense there, right? So they've been married for a few hundred years. They've been serving in Mournhold. Tiber Septim has now moved on to ascending to Godhood, all all that kind of stuff, yada, yada, yada. And they've been happily serving in Mournhold. She's now part of the empire and a few hundred years later, in the third age, or third era, 376, they've had their first child, Helseth. And then a mysterious event happens. The Staff of Chaos was stolen from the mines beneath uh, Mournhold by a bard known only as the Nightingale. Maybe that phrase is familiar? Eight years later, they have a second child, Morgia. They waited a few hundred years to have children, but now they've decided to have two kids. Then, all of a sudden, relations deteriorate with the Empire. Civil unrest comes about in Mournhold. Things are just not looking so good. So, she decides to gather up the kids, head over to the Imperial City, go talk to good old Uriel Septim Seventh, and talk about what the issues are. It's like, hey, hey, uh, Uriel, what's going on here? We got some issues. We've been we've been good stewards of the Empire for several hundred years, ever since uh, good old Tiber hooked me up with good with my with my hubby here. What's going on? Well, it turns out that during this time, she realizes that the Emperor is dun 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 an imposter. The Emperor is none other than the Bard Nightingale, who had stolen the staff surprise now this is where it gets even crazier so i I know this is kind of a long story but hold on to this part okay so she is able to sneak out they realize that she doesn't get away and poor old samakis is dead she finds out that he's dead now she also finds out that mournhold has fallen to a bunch of rebels everything is falling apart all around her on that same exact evening King Aidwire of Wayrest came to see her specifically and confirmed her discovery, informing her that the impostor was the Imperial Battle Mage. Get this, Yegar Tharn. Remember old Yegar, J- Yegar Tharn, Yegar. Tip one back, Tharn. Bomb. Together, the two monarchs the Baron Zaya specifically and King Aidwire decided to come up with a plan to figure out Tharn's plot and free the emperor. She and King Aidwire were the ones who were going to free Emperor Uriel Septim VII from Jaegar Tharn. This is like, she's a very important figure in the history of these events. It's it's pretty cool, right? Baron Zaya was able to charm him... Now, I'm assuming that this is like magical stuff and not like, hey, baby, your bald head is looking real good tonight. You know, like that kind of thing. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm not even 100% sure if he has a bald head. I might have to go look that up. I did not look up pictures, but I'm pretty sure he's the kind of guy who has a bald head. Not that there's anything wrong with bald heads, but that's just the image that's like stuck in my head. Anyway... um, She's she charms him. She reads his diary. She learns what his plots are and what needs to be done to stop him. She gets the help of a spirit named Rhea Silmaine, the uh, wispy looking lady from the beginning of Elder Scrolls Arena. All of this stuff ties together. All right. Pretty crazy, right? So um, and then she arranged for the escape of one of Tharn's prisoners. Your player character in Arena, whom Rhea had selected as her champion to fight against Tharn, right? All of this stuff was behind the scenes of The Elder Scrolls Arena. Over the next several months, Berenzya learned more and passed it on to other people in order to fight against Tharn. And then, once all that information had been kind of collected and put together, she went back to her family, to King Aidrin, Aidwire. I always want to say Win Wire. And so the kingdom of Wayrest. The two monarchs then got together. She remarried. She kind of moved on pretty quickly. And thanks to Rhea's champion, your deeds in arena, Tharn was too busy dealing with you and everything went on pretty good. Um, <laughs> Septim the uh, Seventh returned to the throne, to the ruby throne, and uh, the empire was restored. And then eventually... There was a state funeral for Symmachus and good old Queen Berenziah lived the rest of her life. She passed on and, you know, everybody remembered her as this queen who helped stop Yegar Tharn. What a wonderful life. I mean, it started out pretty crappy, but like she did awesome things and she helped save Tamriel and the Empire. What a what a patriot. What a wonderful person who did awesome, good stuff. Good things, nothing shady going on, nothing, I mean, maybe mention of a nightingale, but that was the bad guy. All of that stuff seems totally cool. Right? Right. There's, oh, wait, there's a whole lot more here. All right, I guess we're going to get to the other version of this when we get back from thanking our patrons. So don't go anywhere. All right, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret, hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So, if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office, or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries, all you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever Hulu BBC iPlayer YouTube you name it in fact when I set it up for myself I was surprised at how easy it was it just installs and then loads up and works and it works on more than just PCs phones media consoles smart TVs and so much more so if you want to access hundreds of new shows use my link right now expressvpn.com scrollslore and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com/slash scrollslore. ExpressVPN.com slash scrollslore to learn more. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire, and every one a sign. What are you guys doing to me? This is nuts. Okay, I mean this is what happens when I miss two weeks in a row so this is the part of the show where I get to thank our patrons and I'm holy crap guys. So (laughs) I'm just going to go down this list. Uh, I feel so bad that so many of you signed up during a two week, two week lull. Um, but thank you for being here. I hope I can make this up to you. I hope this has been at least an entertaining way to describe a fairly dry story and it's going to get better. I promise as we go on with the rest of this episode, here we go. Thank you to Trevor D Rob D Derek S Maxwell pipes, Jarrett C Robert, Brendan, Alex B Kelsey L kids stupefy that's a good name matt l and noah s all of our new patrons in just the last two weeks holy crap what are you guys doing you're gonna make my life better what are you (laughs) oh my god oh man so thank you to all of you guys man this is amazing so so much support you guys we're up to 89 patrons you guys are nuts um and also big thanks to uh mr gami boy our daedric prince and also new to Odd Dente, our other Daedric Prince. I still need to know which Daedric Princes you guys are. Or maybe you can just invent your own. Um, but holy crap, all 89 of you guys, thank you so, so very much. I, I I couldn't do this without you guys. This is a full-time job for me now because this is what I do for a living. This, this podcast, the other podcasts I do, running this podcast network, and... Your support means the world to me. So thank you so, so very much. We have our patron chat coming up next week. So that will be, um, this is being recorded on Thursday because the Lotus can't be here. Normally we do it in the evening. So Thursday night, next week on the 28th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Come join us. If you are a tier four patron or higher, you're welcome to join us. We will be discussing the topic of our conversation, what we're going to be talking about. Next week, if you are not caught up to the most recent episode, if you're listening to this like catch, trying to catch up to whatever the most recent episode is, you don't need to wait until you're all the way caught up. A lot of people are like, oh, "I'm waiting to catch up." You're, you're welcome to join us on the most recent topic. You don't have to like know all the things we've talked about in order to be part of whatever the patron chat is. So if you if you're kind of holding off and you're you're kind of nervous about that, don't worry about it. I've forgotten more lore than I remember at this point. It really doesn't matter. We just want you to be there and be part of the community. And if that's something you want to do, you can come join us. So go to patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. check out the different tiers ad free episodes again That's another thing like if you want to just get the ad free episodes in order to catch up on stuff faster And I have to listen to ads go do that go sign up get all the ad free episodes get the episodes that have been banked Only on patreon like the old version of the show. That's just me without Lotus there It's not as good Lotus isn't there But we cover much topics on that so far I'd covered a bunch of topics that you might be interested in so go check all that stuff out also Thank you so much to people who take the time to leave ratings and reviews, because that's also a huge way to help out the show, including uh, we've got three new ones in. It's been a few weeks. This one. I don't think I read this one. It's been it's been a few weeks, guys. Um, This one that came in from Person Who Is Disappointed. I did read this one from Person Who Is Disappointed because they weren't disappointed. So I'm not going to reread that one again. But uh, we have another one that came in from Tel Nethal in the United States who wrote best lore podcast on the internet. Holy crap. Five stars. I honestly don't know how Tom can keep churning out such high quality lore content with the 400 other shows. Okay. So that's a bit of a hyperbole, but it's not a small number. He runs him and Lotus have to be one of the best co- a host slash co-host pairings in podcast ever. Oh, well, thanks so much. I'm never not having a the best time when I'm listening to these guys. Bonus points for hosting the monthly podcast chats. Seriously though, Tom, you have to be one of the hardest working podcast hosts, and I totally respect and admire that kind of dedication to the consumer. Great work. Eleven out of ten. This guy turned it up all the way to eleven. USDA Prime Grade A extra fancy. Well, tell, thank you so much for that. That is those are such nice, kind words. Um I mean actually I do work really hard. No, I mean th- thank you for noticing. I this is something that I've spent a lot of time working on and making a, a big thing especially when I was still doing my full-time job. A lot of people are like how do you have time to do this? And like the truth is you make time. You give up stuff. You don't play as many video games. You spend less time watching TV. You you know work on the weekends and in the evenings. Like it's true. If you want to make something a thing, you got to work hard for it. And I you know thank you for noticing. Um but uh, it's a, it's a labor of love it's also fun so thanks for thanks for taking the time to do this as well a little bit of your time to help me out means the world to me so thank you so much um, also we have one that a quick one that came in wrote a review 86 from the US who uh, wrote in it's the best ever five stars robots can't miss just discovered this show and I'm so hooked so well produced well thank you so much um, this episode may not be as well produced but I hope you guys are enjoying it all right that's what we got. Thank you so much for the ratings and reviews. You can leave those on Apple podcasts. And if you leave some words with five stars, I'll read that in the, that out in the future. And then also Spotify. If you listen on Spotify, go to the page where you can see all the different episodes. Scroll to the top. Leave a five star rating on there. That helps a ton. All right. Let's move on with the rest of the show. Yes. Yes. You're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. All right. So I said that there is another version of the story. Yes, there is. There is another version of the story. Let's try to get through this fairly quickly. And this version of the story is actually, I think, more interesting. Because it does tap into, um, I it actually reaches into the current events of Skyrim. And a character that you might be familiar with. So stay tuned for who that is. So, this comes from a book called The Real Baron Zaya, And it follows the same basic fact pattern of the original biography like the same overarching structure right but it changes some of the details it, and it also notes some things that are contradictory to the original events in the original story so well, let's go back to the beginning so sometime after her parents leave Mour- mournhold to go to war against typer good old little princess baron was taken from the palace by her nurse she wasn't found in the rubble and all that she could remember from that point right in that moment was and this is the quote from the book seeing a huge shadow with burning eyes filling the sky mysterious right now after a few days passing from stranger to stranger. She kind of got passed around soldier to soldier. Her nurse disappeared and she found herself in the hands of the Count of Darkmoor. And this wasn't the pleasant situation as described in the previous book. What she knew was that every month a courier would bring a small bag of gold, a bag of dried mushrooms from Morrowind, which was, Barron's eyes' favorite treat. And the courier would check on her welfare. Now, while she was at court, she would make sure to look princess-like, right? She would put on an air of appearances, but on her own time, she would practice stealing and lying and little bits of misplaced magic. And that's another quote from the book. And as she got older she also became fairly promiscuous and this was of her own choice. This wasn't something that was put on her because she was being sold into prostitution. This, these were her own choices and in her own opinion, she never truly felt comfortable at court with the counts and the countesses. And there was this like nagging feeling that there was something going on. Like she was being prepared for something and Especially when she was introduced to pursuers, people of like first generation nobility. She had this feeling like they they were setting her up for something. But she came to trust some of the lowest, lowest level people around her. Some of the servants and people, people like Straw, her friend, who had urged her to run away with him because she felt like they were setting her up to become something, like there was a plan, and she didn't trust them. So the two of them ran off together. Notice how the the story is different. It, it, It hits differently in this version. So they snuck into Whiterun and spent weeks burglarizing homes in order to make a living basically feed themselves. And by this point she and straw were lovers. Now she and straw weren't the only affectionate couple that was happening in this situation. She herself admits to being fairly open with her sexuality. She had other sexual liaisons with other individuals, other thieves that she was, she was meeting. Now when they arrived in Riften, Berenziah is the one who sought out Theris. It wasn't Straw. She was the one, and she accepted her offer of sex in return for sponsoring her membership into the Thieves' Guild. I guess this was a form of payment you could use to get into the Thieves' Guild at the time. And the story goes that one night she found herself burglaring the Imperial Commandant's house. General Symmachus, upon discovering her in his home, now, it's implied that he'd actually lured her there, this is kind of the way the book reads, explained the truth of her situation. He gave her assurances that Straw would be given a farm and Theris would not be permanently harmed. Permanently harmed. And in the end, Theris was drawn and quartered. And Straw had his tongue cut out. Symmachus fabricated the official version of the events, the version which Baron recited to Tiber Septim when she finally got to meet him. So, a very different version of Symmachus. Symmachus in the original version was the soldier who married her and helped set her up. And no, no, not in this version. In this version, he's the soldier who, well, helped set her up. And it gets a little bit more complicated after that. You see, she does end up meeting Tiber Septim. But, well, let's just say the appetites of emperors aren't just for food. And she was an attractive woman. And so it wasn't too long until an affair began between her and Tiber Septum, And when Tiber Septum learned that she was pregnant, well, Tiber made sure that the, uh, the child would not come to term. And she was sent away back to Mornhold earlier than expected. Now, according to the story, they did still maintain a strong political friendship, but... You can imagine that the uh, personal relationship there was probably a little bit different. Now, eventually, Tiber's death happens, and this is in the year of the Third Era, 38. And this is when Symmachus proposes to Baron Zaya, and she accepts. Now, this is mostly because of political reasons, but it's described that it's also personally rewarding. The new emperor's trust in Symmachus at this time, right, right at his death, was absolute. And Eye was loved by the people of Morrowind. And due to the long years and the, the other events that had occurred here, strangely enough, she had become more fond of Symmachus by this time. In, I guess, unexpected ways. And had actually grown to become affectionate towards him. So... We also come to find out that Symmachus had known her since she was born and had held some affection for her as well. So they end up together now in or around the time of the third era, 376. So another 300 years ish later, a little bit longer than that. She was either charmed or duped, depending on your reading of the story, by none other than the bard Nightingale, who used her to gain access to the mines of Mournhold, where he was able to find and take the Staff of Chaos. So now we're up to that version, that part of the story, the events of Arena, right? So Simakus so arrived too late to stop Nightingale from getting away. He teleports away with the staff, but he's also there to kind of cover up Zaya's, um involvement in this because she was charmed and duped into helping him. And it would have been a political disaster if this became well known. So eye covers this up, kind of saves her reputation. Everything moves forward. Eventually there's the whole meeting with Uriel Septim the seventh. She notices that that is not in fact him. That is Nightingale because they had previously met. She's able to see through the disguise. And then she of course meets with King aid aid were such a weird name. They're together investigating the whole thing with Uriel septum. And then the nightingale decides to meet her again. But this time he drops the disguise and professes his love for her. I guess she must've been like stunningly beautiful and an amazing woman because everybody's like throwing themselves at her and she reciprocates. She's like, all right, let's get it on. Um, but, in her mind she's doing it so that she can avenge Symmachus, who has been killed by this point right so this version is different she also um fle- flees with aid weir to wayrest several months later and eventually gets pregnant and bears a son and this version is really only different because it was like a year after compared to the other version of the story where she and aid were get married so differences, and one of the main differences in this version of the story to the previous version of the story is that her temperament is very different. She is a thief, she is conniving, and she is, um, in many ways, beautiful and charming in almost all regards to all men she comes across all the time, always. <laughs> like, that's just kind of who she is, right? Now, there is a connection here to not just Nightingale the character but the Nightingale's which now that i say it like that sounds like a 1960s uh, motown group which is it is that a is that a motown group or like a 1950s doo op thing i don't know maybe it is i'm sure somebody will send me a message about that um but here check this out i'm going to read this directly from the uesp Because this is very interesting, and this might clear up some—did I say clear up? Clear up? What is with words? This might clear up some um, details here about the Bard Nightingale and Jaegar Tharn, and if and if not, they were the same person. Here, just listen to this. Many years later, in the late second century of the Fourth Era, a new account emerged of the events surrounding The Theft of the Staff of Chaos, circa Third Era 376. According to the Nightingales, Volume 2, What We Were, the Master of Disguise who seduced Berenziah was actually a member of the Nightingale Trinity, a triumvirate of master thieves blessed by Nocturnal. If you've played through the Thieves Guild quest and then you've done the whole Nightingale thing, you'll be familiar with this. If not, go do it. It's freaking amazing. Go play Skyrim. All right. It, it goes on and says, the bard known as the Nightingale was actually a dunmer named Draven Inderil, who was hired by Yegar to obtain the staff. After Yegar was given the staff, he tried to kill Draven, but the latter's Nightingale abilities allowed him to flee, and Tharn's agents eventually had to give up pursuit. The book goes to assert Berenziah was responsible for distorting the truth as, quote, being enthralled by the master sorcerer instead of, quote, being seduced by a master rogue would help mitigate her own culpability. Berenziah would later have a child by Draven, whom she abandoned with a midwife in order to protect her Nightingale story. The child, Dralsi, would go on to become a Nightingale like her father, as would Baron granddaughter Carlaya. So this is where this all wraps up and connects to the things that you do in Skyrim. So Baron let's let's kind of bring this all back around. Baronzaya was the queen of Mornhold. She was born princess of Mornhold. She had this crazy life for whichever version is as is most accurate probably the revised one where she was more like a thief who dealt with living on the streets and making her way through things she knew tiber septum she had a relationship with tiber Septim. she almost mothered his child she ended up doing all sorts of cool crazy stuff she had very much the mentality of a thief and somebody who was a master manipulator, somebody who was a seductress. She ended up in a relationship with one of the Nightingale Trinity. And then. Bared a child who had a child and that child was Carlia. Who is Carlia? Well, here she sounds like this. We may be nightingales, but in our hearts we're still thieves, and we're damn good at what we do. Carlia, you meet in Skyrim. In fact, when Mercer Frey picks the dragon claw door at Snowvale Sanctum, and when you walk in, Carlia shoots you with a poisoned arrow, and you pass out. That's the first time you meet her. She is tied into the Thieves' Quest Guild. You meet her. She's the granddaughter of Baron Zaya. And in the time since Barondi- Baron, Zaya's- Baron, Daya- Baron Zaya's death, <laughs> I took Baron Zaya and ben Death and merged them together. The crown is broken apart. All the gems are taken and dispersed across Skyrim. Now, as for the details of when this happens or who actually did it, nobody really knows. But it gets out there and you have to go collect all the gems and bring them back. But uh, Queen Bear and Zaya's family is actually very interesting because uh, the other characters show up in other games as well. Uh, Her son, Helseth, who is a Halalu, one of the Dunmer, shows up in the game Morrowind and actually tries to kill the Nerevarine. He... uh, also shows up in the game Daggerfall as well. His sister uh, Morgia ends up in um, Wayrest. She becomes the princess of Wayrest. Um, Both of these are the children of Symmachus. So at least that part of the story is accurate. She at one point does end up with Symmachus and Bear's children with him. Um, As for her actual affection for him or not, It's probably up for debate, but it seems like that's one of the points that, strangely enough, both of the books actually have in common. Who knew? So that's the story of Queen Berenziah and her connections to almost all of the different events or major events of the Elder Scrolls games, strangely enough. So I thought you guys would find that interesting. I hope you enjoyed it in my weird roundabout way of telling the story. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will be back next week with our patrons and patrons. Let me know what you guys want to talk about. We could talk about all sorts of different things we could Heck, we could go through the uh, review of Reddit posts about what people want for Elder Scrolls six. And we could discuss the plausibility or how much we want those things to be to happen or not to happen. Uh, That could be fun. But share some thoughts on the discord. Let me know what you think. And thanks again for listening, everyone. I'm looking forward to uh, Lotus being back as well. And uh, hopefully he'll be able to join us next week. If not, he and I will be back in two weeks with uh, her scene. We'll be talking about more of the Daedric princes again. So hope to see you guys then. And until then stay safe out there. And you know, if some sort of warlord comes after your family, then heck, I don't know, take to the streets, become a a thief and do what you got to do, I guess. Man, that's probably the worst advice I've ever given. All right. Bye, everybody. See you later. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you while we record the show, or before or after.